the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Healthcare premiums through the roof. So much to think about when it comes to healthcare. Who do you talk to? Where do you go next? Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now with host Mark Chayette and Larry Jones. And now let's head into the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now, and happy Saturday afternoon. I'm here with my co-host, Larry Jones. This Good is Dr. Mark. Dr. Mark. Larry, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Hope Great. you are. So we are uh, ready to do a little uh, education of our uh, listeners on healthcare. We got a lot to talk about today. I tell you, you know, <laughs> every time we finish a show, we have so much that we didn't get to talk about, and by yeah. the time we're up for the next show, we don't even look at that. We're on to the next yeah. thing. You know, speaking of uh, next or last show... Uh, we had a great conversation last week with Ken Peach yes. uh, with the Health Council of East Central Florida about not only the council, but also that care medic program. Yeah, that was so amazing. Home care program. Yeah. I thought that was a I great I was talking about it all week. Cause I, yeah. I mentioned that yeah. I've got a nephew who's a paramedic out there in the right. area. That right. uh, just just yeah. amazing. Really smart. Yeah. Really, and really when smart. when we came in the studio today, we had to thank you. Yeah, that was Ken really nice saying how much he enjoyed it. Yep, so. and he's a listener, so we can thank, yeah. thank him back. Yeah. Thanks Absolutely. for that card. Thank you, Ken. Yep, look forward to uh, keeping up with uh, yeah. Ken and his programs. And, yeah, really, really impressive Hopefully stuff. Hopefully we'll have him on again once I'm sure uh, we will. his home care programs continue to expand. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, let's jump into some of our uh, COVID discussions today. Kind of top of the topic has been the rollout of the boosters. Right. And so we, we talked about this a little bit previously, how yep. it sure made sense that folks that were immunosuppressed or had mm-hmm. any type of uh, medications, they wouldn't react to the vaccine and create the antibodies they need. So they would likely need a booster. Yep. Uh, but there's been more action since then. There's been there sort has. of both sides coming out. There has. Uh, there was a report this week by the New York Times that the White House might have to scale back its plan to roll out the booster shots. You know, they had talked about rolling out Pfizer yes. on September 20th. Mm-hmm. I don't think Moderna had been approved for it that had not. yet. No. But Pfizer was, and now they're saying that uh, the FDA and the CDC hadn't really given them the approval right. for that yet. And we've talked about that, how, yeah. you know, who are we listening to? Exactly. I mean, the White House has come yeah. out with statements, and I, they're going to, cause if you think about it, you know, they're in front of that microphone a lot, and they're going to right. answer the questions. But I think most folks kind of lean back to, you know, let's hear some, let's hear more about the science. Uh, that's what, what From you the and FDA I have been talking about CDC. for weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I believe that. It's too early to really say, you know, what the right plan is. And so uh, we both saw we both saw Anish Jha. The, he's the uh, dean of the of the uh, MPH program yeah, Dr. at Brown. Jha. Ja. And yeah. Dr. Jha, it's yeah. J-H-A. Right. Really just an amazingly intelligent, uh, well-spoken gentleman. I, I and listen really to balanced. him on Fox all the yep, time. Yep, yep. So really just has a, a great way that, to explain things. And, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to him on the show sometime, but. He had, a, he had a couple of very interesting comments. He's, he said, as far as boosters go, that he felt mm-hmm. like we were 
we were getting a little ahead of ourselves. He did. But, but his yeah. gut feeling was, if and I don't want to paraphrase him too much, but you know, was that we probably would need a booster, right. but he just didn't feel like the information was there Correct. and was solvent enough. Well, it's and, definitely known that the efficacy drops over time, but they're not sure to what level it well, drops. I mean, we say yeah. it. It is, yeah. but but we don't have any data to prove right. that. In fact, and so uh, when you when you separate out the folks that, because you really have to look at yeah. your response to the vaccine, and, exactly. and we haven't done that. Like I don't know what my current antibody level is. Right. Uh, my second vaccine was in January. Yeah, mine was February fifth. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. So uh, and you're and, you're you're at the eight month level, right? I'm at the eight month yeah. level, and interestingly, as Mine we talked, in to, I just yeah. got an email from uh, Advent Health uh-huh. uh, stating uh, that. That starting the end of the uh, the end of the week, uh, so the uh, we we can actually get vaccines for hospital for healthcare providers okay. who got their second vaccine, and there's an exact date in January. So okay. at, so I would okay. qualify, okay. And, but nowhere else has anyone said that we need them. I, I'm yep. I'm inclined to go ahead and get it. I, right? I agree. I you. didn't have any problem well, with I the think last the whole two. The issue of this vaccine, and and I believe some of the people that are hesitant is the mixed signals we've been getting. Of course, well, here we've from got the, the White House saying, undoubtedly, everybody right. can get it if you've been eight months as of right. September twentieth. Right, and, and there's no difference. Like when we talk about mask mandates, and Dr. Shaw chimed in on that exactly. And, he, and the question was, you know, what he thought about masks, and he said, well, you know. Uh, and again, I, I, I should I should have written down his quotes, but but to the effect of I don't know where this became yeah. so political. And uh, and I think I yeah. told you, Larry, that he did talk about masks being very important. Yep. He did say something that personally made me sad because he did say that the cloth masks were not as effective as the hospital style masks. Right. Uh, I, of course, I knew the N95 was were, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean, I'm just sad with it because we've got a whole basket of those at home that we that we launder and all the kids <laughs> are wearing. We wash so. them every week and everything. Hey, you know, the 14-year-old wouldn't wear them. He's been wearing paper right. masks, so I guess he's yeah. now the smartest kid in the room. He you know? is. I don't know yeah. how that happens. But it is. It's it's the pol- political side, yeah. you know, and it depends on, you know, what, what news channel you're watching, what gets coverage. And oddly enough, if you, even on your social media, if you search in one direction, you're going to get more information in the direction you were leaning. Exactly. As opposed to getting any balanced information. Well, so I know, think that's I'm, really but, you frustrating. Know, I'm already seeing people getting the boosters. Yes, of course. You know. Yeah, even ones that aren't yeah. immunosuppressed. Uh, I had one one of our physicians in our IPN actually went in to see if he could get the booster, and he went to one of his physician friends, uh-huh. his primary care. He's a specialist. Right. And the guy told him, he says, oh, yeah, I can give it to you if it's six to eight months. Yep. So he told him. Well, Again, yeah. I don't think there's any rule on any of this. Yeah. There's not there there isn't because the booster they haven't been FDA approved all the way through anyway. And now that Pfizer's had their their regular approval, that's just talking about those first exactly. two shots. So, I don't think the doctors are doing anything wrong. They are yeah. practicing the, they're, they're practicing medicine, which yeah. is what they have a license to yeah. do, and they're making that decision. Well, so, I'm with you, Dr. Mark. As soon as I'm eligible, which yeah. technically would be October 5th, I'm getting the booster. Yep, and I think they're, yeah. I think they're going yeah. to be available. I do get the sense that, you know, initially the discussion was if you got Moderna, you could get either. If you got right. Pfizer, you could get either. And it sounds like, when talking to friends, that, yeah. that, that, that that's not lining up that way. 
Pfizer is going to be approved here yeah. for the booster. My preference first. would be to have the same one. And yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I get yeah. that. But then others would say, I mean, there are people out there that have had matter. all three. Yeah. Well, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter. They think that maybe maybe it's an it's a coverage. Like if one doesn't do something, the other one does. Right. But I'm, you know, then we're getting into again, no science. Yeah. This this right. is all information but my understanding, that we could have early on. You know, when we dissected what the mRNA actually included in the vaccine. If I recall, the Pfizer and the Moderna were pretty close. Yes, they were. There wasn't much difference no, there. No, statistically, the J&J they're about the same. is different. It is, and it's a single yeah. single dose. Yeah. But if you talk to folks, they, you can sort of line them up. If they want to get another shot, some of them will say, well, I'd like to get something different, whereas others would say, well, I didn't have a yeah. hard time with that first shot, so mm-hmm. I would like the same, which is yeah. the way you and I are. Right. And then you've got right. others that are like, well, I got the one of my very good friends, he got the Johnson Johnson because... It was fastest. Well, it's a it, one, it took like one, one, and one, one shot, yeah, and he's it. like, you know, time is my life, and I yeah. wanted to push it on. In fact, speaking of that, uh, J&J one and done, uh, I saw an article the other day that the scarcity of the J&J has become pretty relevant. People are having a hard time finding yes. the J&J yeah, now. It is. I wonder well, why. Well, remember there were a few uh, that that had to be, was it, there was a factory issue and there was a recall a recall recall, and and then i think that since they weren't using the the j and j much in the very beginning that people just don't restock well i think the article actually talked about for these kids 12 to 16 Mm -hmm. the one and done was a really good idea for these children and that way they don't have to come back get the second shot well the 12 16 but they're not approved for that right that's just that's just pfizer so they have to get the two Oh, they you're right, J and J. That's yeah, true. Yeah, well, yeah. but but they're through for sixteen, right? Um, Johnson, Johnson, I believe Johnson Johnson yeah. sixteen. Yeah. So, so it was, it was, the, it was really talking about the children, the high schoolers. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, have to go back and get the second shot. That some parents preferred getting it one and done. Right. Right. You know? Well, I mean, and all timing. You know, looking at it's when right. school started and that right. kind of thing. Yeah. There's another uh, article that uh, was brought up to me uh, about the uh, University of Georgia. Yes, and tell so us the, about that. So the board My of regents, alma mater. Yeah, and you're exactly, <laughs> and your your alma mater department. This is yeah. a math professor right. at the University of Georgia That's responding right. to the Georgia Board of Regents, which oversees all the Georgia universities, mm-hmm. and they've come out and said, "Hey, there's no mask mandate here. You know, it's just right. business as usual." Well, this uh, tenured professor of 32 years. Um, he actually came out and said... He's actually a math professor, Math right? professor, yeah. absolute yeah. math professor. And he came out and said uh, that that he knew this was going to raise some eyebrows, but he believed that they should wear masks in class. Right. And he kind of artificially picked a number that said if the number of COVID cases goes to this number, right. that he was going to take his class virtual and online. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's really quite a letter. You can look it up just by the information yeah. that I that I that yeah. I gave you. I think it's Doctor Doctor Fu, Doctor Joseph Fu, Joseph Fu, and yeah. very yeah. beautifully written letter. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Looked like he's pretty passionate yeah, about very it. Passionate, yeah. Very passionate, yeah. very spiritual, um, and just basically said, you know, this is the right thing to do, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. I know there might be some repercussions. Well, you know, he's going to take some heat, but he uh, is. Hey, he is. I like the passion. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's important mm-hmm. for the voices to be there because. Right. If, and and why the board of regents leans that way? I mean, they're the they're not medical. I don't know where they get their information. Yeah. And so I think that's been another big issue with COVID nineteen from the get go. Sure. Is where are the people that are making decisions on school boards? Right. On, you know, I think 
we hope that in, in Washington, D.C., that they're getting their information well, from medical re- experts. If you recall, Dr. Mark, once the Pfizer was fully approved, it gave government agencies and universities the ability to mandate the vaccine. Right. And, and companies. And some and, of them, yeah. people like Harvard yep. and University of Wisconsin, University mm-hmm. of Michigan, I believe, have all mandated. Yep. If you want to come here, you're going to right. get vaccinated. Right. Yeah. But you know, you can't get a news story without some discussion yeah. about that those vaccines and and uh, you know there was even even, exactly. even in the NFL, yeah. um, the there's uh, Belichick got in trouble for something he said about he did. vaccines. Yeah, he did. And he, he came back and said, "Well, no, that that's not what I meant. I think it's his statement was that they weren't going to select any positions based upon whether they're vaccinated or right, not. That that right, wasn't a right, factor. Right. But that then he came back and said, "Well, that doesn't change the fact that everybody needs to get vaccinated." Yeah. So. And then in Florida, we're dealing with uh, the Governor DeSantis ban yes. of mandate for Correct. masks, and yet you've got school systems ignoring the ban and mandating it anyway. Right, and so, and the Supreme Court or the federal court saying that that they could do that, that they can do that. And so, yeah. but they're yeah. still, yeah. E- even though that's I happening, hate the politics oh, and all I, this, Doctor. It's awful. It's I really awful. hate it. And, and I tell you, Larry, what I keep telling mm-hmm. folks when we talk about these topics that we definitely. We need to have some rules of engagement because you yes. watch television and they're going to these school board meetings and people have lost their minds. Oh, they're completely rabid in I mean, these meetings. So I think as soon as we're having a discussion, as soon as you lose your temper, you're sidelined. You're, you're out. out. Yep. Right. Yep. It doesn't mean you're right or wrong. It just means you need There's to take even a break. Fist fights oh, in some of these I'm meetings. I'm sure worse. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just awful. It's crazy. It's embarrassing. And I know again, it, it that's why that's why the cameras are there, right? Yeah, they wouldn't show up if everybody of was all of have, having tea time. It's all and, sensationalism. You know, exactly. Yep. 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 Well, great. We're going to uh, take our first break, yep. and when we get back, we got yep. a lot of great topics to jump back into. Yep. But when uh, we when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the waste in vaccines. Oh yes. And what some of the reasons are. Yep. Evidently. There's been about 15 million doses of vaccines that have, have been, been wasted trashed. since yep. March 1st yep. of last year. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll be right back. Okay. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us. IP Network Florida. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit Orlando Pediatric Surgery. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. I'm Larry here with Dr. Mark, my co-host. And before we went to the break, Dr. Mark, we talked about the potential of vaccine waste and mentioned that uh, so far... The fact of vaccine waste, right? The fact of vaccine waste, that there's been about 15 million doses that have uh, had to be discarded since we started this program. Right. And, you know, the numbers are, are there. They're pretty well accounted for. Early on, we saw some uh, a waste, and they were mostly the Pfizer doses because they had to be kept at that, you know, super cold temperature and that right. kind of thing. And, yep. you know, 15 million, I mean, if, if I had to pay for that, that that would be a lot. A lot. But yep. in the idea of the number of doses that have been delivered, mm-hmm. it's not a 
incredible number when we compare yeah. that to other vaccinations. Yeah. Well, the U.S. taxpayer is paying for that. Yeah, somebody is. Somebody's definitely paying <laughs> for that. Right. Somebody's definitely made made money on yeah. that side. But it is. It's the the interesting thing is the way there was such a shift from when they first announced, you know, okay, here's the vaccine, we're ready to roll, and it was this commodity that was going. We we're going to run out every day. People were standing right, in great right, lines, right. and then it wasn't weeks then that there that were, changed. There were pieces of vials left over, yeah. and they had to discard them yep, at the end of the right. day. But so, according to a report, four national pharmacy change, change reported more than a million doses wasted each, right. according yeah. to the CDC. Yeah, so Walgreens was like 2.6 million. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, CVS was about the same at 2.3, yep. and Walmart, 1.6 million. Mm-hmm. Right Aid, 1.1 million. Right. That's it. And I, and I guess, you know, I, this is important information on on ideas of, right. of who possibly should be storing and giving the vaccines. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's definitely definitely information we want to have. Yeah. But it's uh, I don't know. It's at least it's not overly politicized in that in that yeah. way. And I and to to finish that conversation is mm-hmm. there's plenty of vaccines right now. Exactly. Um, so we can plenty. absolutely go out and get your first, second and now possibly third vaccine. They're available. Nobody's waiting in line. Uh, right. You know, it's it's definitely definitely more accessible than it's ever been. So, and and some of the other. Uh, re- uh, by the way, you mentioned earlier that the number of discarded doses is a small fraction of the total right. administered. But again, some of the reasons is uh, Mark doses is wasted is the vial could have been cracked. Oh yeah. Yeah, delivery stuff. Uh, delivery. You know, things um, that are not refrigerated for a period of time. Freezer malfunctions yeah, right, right. with this 95 right. degrees below no, zero with the Pfizer. It's kind of the, it's the cost of doing business yeah. in, in medicine. I mean, it is cost so. of doing yeah. business. You've probably dealt with that over your years. Oh, yeah, all sorts of medications. And, and yeah. some of these medications, just, you know, one dose, we've talked about that, have something, it have, have great ramifications. Right. You know? right. But most importantly is, can it be replaced? Exactly. You know, most importantly, yep. can it get where it needs to be, and that's that's the case here. Well, so. I think the U.S. has actually purchased, uh, and some of it was AstraZeneca, over 400 million doses and sent them to foreign countries. Right, right, which we talked about in the yep. very beginning, exactly. that we need to vaccinate the world if we're ever going to have any any herd immunity. Yep. And, and we're still, I mean, what, what were we at, 53%, 53% of, of America the U.S. population. are fully vaccinated. Yep. And that's, that's not, not a even, good number. not a good number. That's I mean, as far as making this not continue yeah. to kick us in the butt yeah. every time we have yeah. a gathering or a holiday. So, And, you know, I did see, if you recall, a couple of weeks ago or maybe even last week, we talked about the addition of vaccines being administered on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a number in the last no. couple of weeks, but it was right at about 3 million. Right. It jumped back it, up, it jumped yeah. back up yeah. from a half a million right. to almost 3 million. Right. When they started yeah. seeing folks going in with the Delta variant, that did Yep, that did get some people going, and the full and, approval and the of full Pfizer. Approval. Yep. Yep. yep, and so that's going to they're going to there going to be a number of things. Now, yep. speaking of that, mm-hmm. the the people being vaccinated, right. I mean, we still hear about infections, but again, this has been a heavily politicized infection. Yeah, breakthrough yep. infection. Mm-hmm. So anybody who doesn't want to get the vaccine can't tell you enough stories about all these breakthrough infections. Right. And anyone who's looking at the science sees right. that the number of breakthrough infections is very low. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up, Dr. Mark, because the the media has blown this up to where yeah. there there are millions of them. Right. But in reality, and the truth, we talk about the truth in health care, the U.S. The Center for the CDC doesn't have good data on breakthrough vaccinations on people that have been vaccinated. They're not right. keeping track of that. No, 
No, they're not. They're so not. where's the media coming up so, with their information? Right. So the hospitals are about the only ones, and okay. and when somebody comes in with an infection, they just ask them, "Oh, are you vaccinated? How many people do you think are going to go? Yeah, I was vaccinated. That's true. You know, That's there's, there's yeah. some. Yeah. So I think that information is, is is pretty rough. On the other hand, people who have been vaccinated who get ill. Yeah. They're they're reporting because right, they're like, right. darn it, I got vaccinated, and and sure enough, I can get sick again. Yep. But as it turns out, very few are yep. going to the hospital. Wasn't Even there fewer are about very the serious. UK, a study. Tell tell us about that, Doctor Mark. You had talked yeah, about. Yeah, so that the earlier. UK has has followed along things with a a little bit more detail, and so they gathered information from December of 2020 to July of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had more than 1.2 million adults that had gotten the first dose, and Fewer in that, and of the the first dose of the of the two dose right. regiment, and less than zero point five reported half any, of a percent. Yeah, half of a percent. Wow, had any breakthrough two weeks or more yeah. after getting the shot. And you would never believe right. that if you and, were listening to the media. Right, and and if I recall correctly, so that that ended in July. So they were seeing Delta at that point, at and a much that was just for order. one shot. Right, yeah. yeah, just one shot for two shots. That half a percent went down to two tenths of a percent. Two tenths of a percent. Incredible, so, right? And and among those that did get sick, mm-hmm. they did very well. I mean, there's there's exceptions to all the rules, and we do feel that's where we get the idea yep. that the booster was needed in people that were immunosuppressed because they weren't responding to the vaccine. Right. And do you think that that's new news, or do you think that was always going to be understood because it's a vaccine? Exactly. I mean, it's just that the media really didn't pick up that it wasn't it wasn't yep. interesting. Yep. Now now suddenly it's interesting. Well, you know, the bottom line of all this is the vaccine works. Absolutely. It works. Yep, yeah, and we're, we're, we go go on the air every week telling everybody, yep, yep. you know, get, get your you vaccine. You and I both yep. already stated as soon as the booster is available, yep. we're going to do it. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I'm, and I'm, I'm admitting that we don't have a lot of information there, but we, uh, we yep. really make it go. Yep. You know, uh, there was another article uh, while we're still talking about vaccines, and maybe we'll get off the subject in a minute. I don't know if Mark. we ever can. No, yeah. United Healthcare has been. Uh, accused of paying providers well below the standard rates for the COVID-19 vaccines. You want to talk? I mean, this is about pediatricians. Yeah, it's and, a straight in the pediatricians. Yeah, what are so, you hearing yeah, about there's, that? There's a, yeah. there's a number of pediatricians across the U.S. Mm-hmm. that have flat out come out and said that they're not getting the appropriate remuneration for giving these right. vaccines. And I want to say that there was also some discussion about being paid for testing. Yes. And so, so this was something that United Healthcare was had to respond to that they're that they're definitely paying less than the other commercial payers. And Larry, one group accused them. The American uh, Academy of Pediatrics accused United of paying fifty percent of what the federal right. rate was. And just so everybody knows, the the American Academy of Pediatrics, the AAP, that is the group. That's not one group. That's that right. is the That's major everybody. group representing yeah, right. the the vast majority of pediatricians yep. in the yep. U.S. and but here's the thing that when I see things like this, I know how these companies are paid at the end of the year. They have yep. a certain percentage of money that they're allowed That's to right. call profit. That's right. right. And if they go a little under in 2020, they can make it up in 2021 yep. and vice versa. If they go a little over. Or they, even you know, pay up uh, rebates on premiums. Yep. Right. Yep. So and we've seen that. Yep. Right. So why why are we here? Because none of these companies are reporting losses. Why are we seeing them go to the group that need the money the most and uh, underpaying yeah. them. Well, you know, you, you mentioned the administration of the vaccine. According to uh, the 
information from the American Academy of Pediatrics, United Healthcare, they're not required to pay the federal rate, but they are the no. only major payer in America. That's not that has not agreed to pay at least $40 for the vaccine. Right. right. The administration. Right. right. They're, they're definitely undercutting. I don't, I don't get it, Dr. And, Mark. And we as as physicians and practitioners do not look at what yep. insurance you have. We, we try right. to be on as many plans as we can. And so we're not making that judgment. Yeah. So why is United making that right. judgment? And, and the other thing is they continue to pay family prov- physicians and pediatricians below market rates for the testing as well. Yep, yep. That's what I'm saying, that, that the testing kind of fell out. And, so I don't let know, me it's, ask it's, you this. It's frustrating. So, you know, we, we deal with insurance companies all the time, yep. and we're in value-based programs, mm-hmm. and our whole goal is to keep patients healthy. Yep. Is this not completely anti-patient healthy? I don't know. This <laughs> is just kind of under – it's a little dirty. Makes because, no sense. Well, I, I think that's one of the, the things that the physicians have been – taken advantage of over the years because they're not going to not see that patient yep. they're not going to say oh you're a united patient i yep. mean you know and at the same time many aren't paying attention yep. to that number because why would you think that when the majority of the payers are paying the federal rate or better yep. why, why would one just kind of kind of stick it to them it well, just there, doesn't make any sense yeah there was a couple things that were stated by some of the people in the uh, american academy of pediatrics one was we lose Money on every vaccine we give to a United Healthcare patient, and the second thing is when people come in for the vaccines, we can't tell them you can't have it because you're insured with right. with United Healthcare. Right. That's so, yeah. It's, just not, do it's not right. And, yeah. and you know this goes back to these ideas of should we be looking at a system that doesn't have multiple payers? Yeah. I mean, I don't really want to go that route. I don't, I don't want to go a single payer. No. But there has to be some you know truth in advertising here. There's got to be some fairness. Yeah. Well, you know the the real dagger is that. United Healthcare has nearly 50 million members mm-hmm. uh, worldwide, and they grow about a million a year. And in the second quarter, ending June of this year, they had $55. billion in revenue, up 13% from the same uh, second quarter last year. Yeah, yeah. So, like I say, they're reporting yeah. income. They're doing fine. They're not, you know, just trying to stay alive and and go into their yeah. constituents out there and say, well, if we can shave a little bit off the top, yeah. I mean, you it know, just makes no sense. I, I'm going to say this though, we're you know we're beating up on United. Yeah, they've all been there. Yeah, oh, they've yeah. all Every, been everyone. there. And well, United is the one that's in the box right now. That's right. And that's and, right. and and they've been for a couple other reasons absolutely. too. Absolutely, they keep coming. But is up. this being penny wise and pound foolish? Dr. No, it, it's just being it's just bad business, and it's it's. Another one of the problems that we have in healthcare today, and that's, I mean, Larry, that's why we're here. That's why we yeah. decided to take on this project and talk about these things. Yeah, Dr. Reshma Kuchani, a pediatrician at the Atlanta Children's Clinic, which is a huge uh, clinic in the Atlanta, Georgia area, mm-hmm. he made the comment, we lost money on every United patient. Yep. Yeah. That's and, incredible. And, and, and think about this. They're seeing all the state-funded Medicare, Medicaid patients, and they, I mean, United's undercutting that. I mean, it's not, it's not right. You know, it's interesting because we do work with all the major payers Mm -hmm. uh, for our value-based contracts. And, you know, we do uh, fight for our docs to get better contracts. I've actually, you and I've done some of that together. Yes. And they just continually beat up on the independents. They do. And it's not, that's not where the money is disappearing. 
That's not that's where, where the, the money percent, is saved. That, that's, I mean, we're looking at less yeah. than 20% of what the insurance companies are spending. Yeah. I think it's about 17% yeah. of insurance yeah. companies' payments go to physicians, physicians and practitioners. So 17%. So if you're trying to save money, why are you looking at, you know, what you're paying for chewing gum, you know, as opposed to what you're paying for steak. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You should really be, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Although yeah. I, I can't be surprised yep. because we've been seeing it for exactly. years. Yep. We're, we're running out of time. Yeah. Dr. Mark, great conversation. We'll be right back. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. Larry, let's let's jump around to something brand new. We spent two uh, long pieces talking about uh, COVID-19, so let's right. see. Let's going to challenge ourselves to not mention that again uh, for the rest of the show. Let's try. So, really interesting uh, article in the Orlando Sentinel last week on continuity of care in college. Right. Uh, this was put out by uh, Kaiser Health News. Yep. And the overview is, you know, kids go off to college, uh, and in years past, you know, there was a certain parents age are taking group. Them parents, as we speak. Yeah. As, yeah. So, yep. yep. So you drop off a kid at college, yep. and if they're in college, they can currently. Yep. They can stay on your health care plan until they're 26. Right. Right. Well, the article talked about what students with health issues need to know before leaving home. Right, because you don't want to coverage. figure it out yep. when you show up at the student clinic That's and right. then they ask. Yep. Now, I will say that, that having a lot of kids and a number of them already yep. in college. And yours are all and, over the country. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and they, uh, the, the universities do a, a pretty bang-up job of checking to make sure that folks are covered. Yep. I mean, I think over the years, people have learned their lesson there. So they, yep. they want to make sure you're covered. There's a certain uh, demand that they have to mm-hmm. have some type of coverage. And when mm-hmm. things change and they could be covered up to 26, that took a yep. lot of pressure off the universities. Right. Well, I can tell you when my kids went off to school, which was a few years back, they were only covered under insurance plan stage 21. Right. And so they had to seek out 
the college insurance program, which we always paid for, yep. which gave them access to the infirmary at school mm-hmm. and then other physicians in the community yep. that they needed. And I think the, what this article is really telling parents and students are you have a number of options. And you mentioned the first one. You right. can stay on stay your on parents' till plan until age 26 now. Yep. And then what are the other options? So there are also the, the universities typically have a plan like you yep. mentioned. Yep. So that would be that would be option two. Right. Um, and I think from a cost perspective, you really have to check that most of them are going to be a little more costly than yep. keeping them on your because it's a it's exactly. actually a separate entity. So they're yep. the primary yep. and only person on that plan. Right. Yep. So that's going to be a little bit yep. more. They might have some income based plans like if you're there and you've got some uh, assistance yep. to go go Medicaid, to college, Medicaid, yep. Yep. and yep. and right. then I mean, you, but you may end out having to go right to the marketplace, correct? And just starting out, if you're tw- out 27 policy. years old, and, take out a policy, and you've got the Affordable Care Act, right? And if you're looking at uh, income because you have very little in college, right? You would have you would have qualify you would qualify for a lot of those subsidies yep. and but, get a premium very very small. So really, the takeaway is. Yep. You need to know this is one of the things you need to put on yep. your checklist when yep. the kids are going off to school. Yep. And there are a number of options, and being without coverage is not one of them. That's not one <laughs> of them, especially yeah, under right. a pandemic. Yep. No, absolutely. But, but, you know, Dr. Mark, let me go back just a minute because mm-hmm. you mentioned income-based. There was a an example in this article about a student who went off to school, and he had diabetes, uh, stage 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about what the costs are of maintaining the insulin, the, sure. the supplies, sure, sure. taking your A1C on a regular basis, all those things. And so he actually uh, wasn't eligible for his parents' Uh, plan, the plan the so he actually plan. applied for Medicaid and got it. Yeah, and that's kind of where you were going, I think, earlier. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. there, there are definitely options, yep. and really being enrolled as a college student kind of puts you in in that need care category, yep. and the uh, you know depending on 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 age. So, yeah. Well, depending great. On age yeah. and chronic illness and chronic illness. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. Well, I think you know at this point, I mean, everybody just needs to because you just don't know what's just don't know what's going to happen, you know. Exactly. And and I think we're, we've yep. we've certainly learned that. The hard way. We sure I'm have. interested. I wonder with the. Now, see, we can't talk about that anymore. We're, we're not going to talk about COVID anymore. So, it's about to lead back in. We're about to lead back in. Let's talk about some uh, Medicare yeah. benefits okay. change. There's a proposal yeah. on the table uh, as of at the end of August. Yeah. And what, Larry, why don't you take us through that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Senator Bob Casey, Chairman of the U.S. Senate Special Committee on Aging, uh, held a hearing on his desire to expand Medicare coverage to include vision, dental, and hearing. Right. And I thought that was very interesting. It, I mean, because right, the right now, it's that's the right word because is. that is unbelievably expensive. And the only way you can get it now under a Medicare plan yep. is if you join a Medicare Advantage plan. Right, right. Straight Medicare does right. not have it. If you want dental or vision, number one, you have to buy a separate policy. Hearing is not included, although nope. Medicare is considering some of the hearing aids up to $1,000 a yep. year yep. in cost. But then you've got your pharmacy. If you're straight Medicare with a supplement, you have to buy a Part D plan. Yep. And by the way, Dr. Mark, next week we've got the Cigna marketing people coming in here mm-hmm. to talk about all things Medicare coming into the open enrollment beginning October 15th. It's a good thing we weren't beating up on them last second, exactly. just to say. But yeah, yeah. United, no, that's, not no, that's going to be really important. But yeah, this vision, dental, hearing. So yeah. let me compare that. So on okay. most folks that are 
going out there and they're getting their own insurance mm-hmm. really don't have this kind of coverage. No. Um, I think that the dental coverage is the most common that, that, that they may go out and get. And I think there's a lot of frustration with what that coverage is when you're paying for a policy. In the but, commercial arena, you do have some limited benefits and vision coverage mm-hmm. to buy contacts, right. but it's a very small amount per year. Yep. I you mean, know. you can go see the ophthalmologist yeah. and optometrist, but but it is. It's a small small amount to cover that. Yep. Now, you know the best, certainly in the state of Florida, and I know mm-hmm. most other states are the same way, in kids, the best coverage for dental is Medicaid. Right. They cover everything. Everything. They reimburse exceedingly well in Florida. Yep. Yep. It's it's the craziest thing because yep. the kids now th- there's certainly so they cover need. even non medical issues yeah. with with dental. everything. Yeah, everything. So so that's kind of what they're looking at here. Mm-hmm. And the way that came about is as as you know uh, and as our mm-hmm. listeners have have heard from us. So Medicaid is a state supported yep. and federally supported program, but the states are managing what they cover. And I think that's that's when you get to a smaller group like a state versus the U.S., they're mm-hmm. going to look at that budget and say, well, you know, we yep. should be spending more money on this because dental health is extremely important. But yes, can't. and it's interesting, Dr. Mark, let me let me mention these three things. The hearing highlighted how older adults often experience untreated dental disease, mm-hmm. which can lead to heart disease. Oh, yeah. Vision loss, which increases the risk of falls. And hearing loss, which contributes to social social isola, uh, isolation and cognitive decline. Yep. So I thought that is very well, no, very important. Yeah, and and dental care is, is it is, but the, the at the end of the day, mm-hmm. can Medicare afford? Well, to there add you go. On? Because I mean, we're talking about the trust fund being yeah, depleted in twenty twenty four. So this and will, now they're talking about adding right, benefits right. for billions yep. of dollars. We're going to have to go yep. backwards in time to. Right. I mean, so that that is that that's really great point. Dr. Kind, Mark. kind of fits yep. into the whole picture of the yep. infrastructure deals and everything. I'm like, yep. where you know, where's the money? Where's the money yep. coming from? Is exactly. it really? So we we did talk a little bit about United Healthcare last yep. segment, but now we're going to talk a little bit more Some about it in a different plans. way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're going to re-enter the Affordable Care Act fold Bright in, in 2022. Yep. yep. So they'll they're uh, well, Bright Health is going to start offering plans mm-hmm. in California. That's yep. a state-based exchange. Yep. But uh, there's going to be seven states involved in the United Healthcare addition, yep. right? Well, Bright Health has actually come into Florida. Mm-hmm. In South Florida and Central Florida, I've actually been getting, I've actually had some meetings with some of their top executives about Bright Health, uh-huh. and they're really looking more at the self-insured market. But uh, they do have programs, and they're looking to expand their portfolio in Florida as well as, like you mentioned, California, Colorado, and North Carolina. Right, right. I think we're yeah. getting our signals crossed because yeah. that that was Bright Health, but yeah. United. Is also going to re-enter in twenty twenty two. Yes, they are. That's yeah, correct. So that, yeah, that yep. was. I, yep. I, I just. I was trying to give yep. them one one little yep. positive kick when we. Right. When we well, that's forward. true. Yeah. Right. They're going to re-enter the market in twenty twenty two, and uh, I think they're offering, like you mentioned, seven states, mm-hmm. and Florida's one of them. Yep. 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 So yeah, they're yep. going going Good big point. big states. Yep. They're going you know mm-hmm. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Michigan, Texas. Mm-hmm. So that that'll be interesting because you know we went down to nothing. Yep. I mean, what was well, that? If, Several. It, I will tell you, two years ago, the only ACA option in Orange and Seminole County here in Orlando Blue Cross, Blue was Blue Cross. Yep. yep. And now there's five or six. Yep. You know? No, we do. And and the options are important because I think people were really getting nervous when they were looking at yep. these plans and couldn't have any, do any comparison shopping mm-hmm. because 
it was still brand new. Yeah. I mean, getting on the oh, site exactly. and looking at these things, it was still a, a brand new experience. And, and they didn't have the subsidies either like they did back when, like they do now compared to when they entered this thing in 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Well, those those have gone by the wayside yeah. now. That's right. So, and I remember when United did pull out in 2017. Right. We actually lost some lives as a result of that with yeah. our doctors. Yeah. Let's uh, let's explain yeah. what that means. Okay. So when we say we lost our lives, we don't yeah. mean that people died. No, no. Um, we no. what we mean that we lost membership. the covered lives. Our Patients membership. Yep, 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 that yep, were covered no. by yep. United. Yep, absolutely. Healthcare. Good absolutely. point. Yep. And and I remember the conversation that. And some of the at the uh, press release on that that United was losing a billion dollars a, a year mm-hmm. on the ACA. Right, that's why and, they were backing out. And yep. and yet Blue Cross at the same time made the statement we're in the ACA for the long haul. Right. So evidently United has found the way to do it. I guess. I mean, you know. I mean, it, the the thing that was so hard to plan on with the ACA is everything yep. when when you're a commercial insurer. Everything is about age, right? right. So right. there are age groups that spend very little on health care. and income. Yep. yep. And so, yep. you know, when, they're, when they walk in and they, if they think, well, we're, we're going to get inundated with older folks and or folks that are having kids on the two, two ends mm-hmm. that we're going to be spending a lot of money. If we can insure people like we were talking about a few minutes ago, if we're insuring a bunch of college students, we're probably not putting out a lot of dollars that's right so this was this huge unknown and when you look at the numbers that those initial signups there were a lot of 20 something signing up oh yeah right yep and so after a and while their premiums were 50 dollars a month right right yep. and so they weren't spending much yep. but the, you know their deductibles might have been relatively I high i do remember that a couple of years ago when we because we do have a blue cross commercial aco program right and we have a lot of those aca lives in our program at before all the other plans started re-entering the market, uh, Blue Cross had about 145,000 lives just in Orange and Seminole County right. in the Affordable Care Act, the Obamacare. Now, what do you think, as, as we get more plans in, uh, do you think that's going to increase traffic to the, to the site? Do you think we're going to see more members, or do, do you think it's, it's well, going to be? Well, obviously, more selection offers more participation. Well, I don't know if they yeah. got to get there though. Do the do the yeah. do the commercial folks are they pushing that angle? If it's more people talking about going to the marketplace, yeah. Yeah. if there are more companies that are putting in more advertising dollars, yeah. that may be a drive. But I think when most people yeah. go to the marketplace, they really don't know what they're going to see. No, they don't. But you know, I think I think COVID has changed the way people look at the ACA. If you remember, there were oh, seven sure. million people right. lost. Uh, employment, right? Therefore, they lost their health insurance, yep. and they went to the ACA. Yep, and and went with the extended yep. enrollment period. But it, but again, sort of like the lost vaccines, the the total number yep. really wasn't that impressive. That's true, you know. And, and the number of uninsured yep. hasn't. I think changed. it was two and a half million yeah. lives when uh, Biden opened the reopened the right. extended uh, it. extended the uh, registration mm-hmm. beginning in February fifteenth. Right. And then it ended August 31st. I think it was about two and a half million more people yep. actually so, enrolled. So in a country our size, we've still no, got a long way to go. peanuts. Long way yep. to go. Yep. Yep. All right, we need to go to our mm-hmm. final break of the day, yep. and uh, we'll be uh, right back to talk a little more. Okay. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. 
Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit Orlando Pediatric Surgery. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. It's Dr. Mark here with Larry, and we are on our last segment here. You know, came across an article in Modern Healthcare Mm -hmm. that kind of the title jumps right at us because it's basically exactly what we like to talk about every day. Right. The five important healthcare trends that consumers should track. So I would suggest you've got, we've got a copy of this. We're going to yep. just go one by one and, and talk about them, okay? Okay, yep. So why don't you hit us up with the first one? Okay, first, the value based healthcare and accountable care organizations are part of the broad movement to improve affordability and quality of healthcare. We talk about that well, all the say. time. And so, <laughs> so this is like this article might have been written for us. This is right my here. life. This Dr. is Mark. right here. This is what we've been doing. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so we talk about value based healthcare and ACOs. Mm-hmm. And when we look at the big problem in healthcare today, and it's that we're overspending and we're under delivering. Right. And we get articles all the time that say we're spending more money and our results are not as good as they should yeah. be. They're getting worse. Mm-hmm. And with value-based savings, yep. that you're not going to exist right. well, if you can't fix that. Value-based care is based on two things, patient compliance and physician engagement. Yep. I mean, when you really think about it, and, you know, I don't know that our listeners know, but, Dr. Mark, you know that we actually patented a program called Value-Based IQ. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. that program, that we yeah. own that name, mm-hmm. uh, and that program is a practice management assessment program for physicians to help practices move from a FIFA service to a value-based work environment. Right, and right. it has been very successful. And you know, as you know, we manage about fifty thousand lives under our value-based programs now. Right, and the the nuts and bolts of that management are closing care gaps, making sure yep. things are done. Yep. Because it's not just, it's not like uh, just accounting. Coding. It's it's actually going in there and making sure that things that have been shown scientifically to be better for a patient's health, that they're actually getting done. And a couple of good examples of that, let's use diabetes and hypertension. Mm -hmm. If you've been diagnosed with hypertension, meaning that your blood pressure is greater than 140 over 90, yeah, or I at think they 140 moved, yeah, over I 90. They, yeah, they moved it up. Then, yeah, yeah and, and how do you get it down to 139 over 89 in compliance? And it's uh, those blood pressure readings every year, right. and they're documented in the EMR system and reported to the payers, right. those closed care gaps. Right. The other one is A1C with diabetes. If you are greater than a 7 on a, a A1C scale, mm-hmm. then you're considered stage 2 diabetes. Right. So what are you doing to get that down yep. what are and, your actions? and manage these patients yep. in a non-acute environment? And, and just catching up. One yep. of the care gaps yep. is just like learning at, at what exactly. those numbers are. Exactly. So, yeah, so this was this is That's huge. That's a big one. I, yep. I mean, there there are definitely, like it says, in the, these are trends. Yep. But I want to say that this is one that's going to hang out for yep. quite some time yep. because it's got – it kind of reinforces itself. Like if we, the better we get at this, the, well, the better we're going to get the Well, you hit the nail the on the system. head, Doctor Mark. 
Value-based care in moving from fee-for-service to fee-for-value is a complete bipartisan movement in yeah. Congress as well. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, forget, forget the health care industry. Our political uh, realm also agrees that this we've got to rein in to this $4.5 trillion right. market that by 2030 they say could go to $8 trillion. Yep. Yep. We've got to rein it in. It's moving fast. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, so the second trend to keep mm-hmm. an eye on is cost transparency. Right. And currently, you, you, consumers have to ask for it. But what we've talked about here on the show is there, there are actually rules and regulations out there that hospitals and delivery systems you shouldn't just wait for someone to ask. Right. You've got to lay it out there and say That's this right. is what it's going to be. Well, if you remember last week, we actually talked about the compliance of hospitals on this price transparency. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not just hospitals that we're picking on here. It's the entire industry. And less than 10% of hospitals in America are actually complying with the legislation that was passed regarding right. price transparency. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and who knows about that? Is that it's not yeah. covered. That's no. not something that we cover on the media. It's not the That's consumers right. don't know. And and it's not like you know the insurance companies are sort of pushing it out there and letting know their their yep. clients that this is this yep. is something they should do. But cost transparency is something that all of us. I mean, it, it, you can don't feel. Where would you go yep. Yep. and buy something and not how, ask how ask much it how cost. much it cost? Well, that's exactly you know this whole show is about building educated healthcare consumers, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we're trying to do. We talk about make sure that you're accessing the right care at the right time for an appropriate amount of cost. Oh, for decades yep. and decades and yep. generations and generations, yep. everybody's thought, well, if that person went to med school and if that, that office is, is delivering this kind of care, it's all going to be the same. It's going to be great, yep. and it's all, it's all even. They're going to charge right. me the same thing. Right. But we do. We have to be responsible in, in our health care, and, and yep. co- insisting cost transparency is part of that. And, and you know, to lead on to that and add to that is – the surprise billing. Yeah. yeah. We've talked about this yep, over the, and over right. again. That's, that's the that's, other side of it. That's the other it side of it. It wouldn't be a surprise if you if, asked. If you asked. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Of course, you might just yeah. faint right then when you hear but what something's going to cost. But you know, Dr. Mark, but... my, uh, my daughter was in the hospital a f- couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And, and even with health insurance, she's, she's a school teacher. We did not with know what her bill would be until she was out of the hospital and they sure. sent her a bill. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and no one that you work with at the hospital yeah. has any idea, nor that's should right. they. That's I mean, right. that's not their, there's that's a whole different job. department, yeah, which is, right. in most cases, in a whole different building, if not right. a different state, right. you know, when, when the big yep. payers are working on these but, things. But, you know, back to when we first started this show, if you recall, we dissected a health plan, and we told people you need to look at your benefits, you need to look at your network, you need to look at your co-pays, your co-insurance, and your deductibles. And that's how you can get at least an educated estimate on what your costs are going to be if you end in the hospital or get care from, for instance, you as a outpatient surgery. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, no, it, and it, it's it can you, sound you it mean, can sound exhausting, right? It is I mean, exhausting, <laughs> and, and it's it's something that we're just not used to doing. Yeah. But but we have to continue to preach about this because right. this is how families are going to get better care right. at a better price. Right. And I was impressed uh, in an earlier show, you indicated that you've trained your staff to actually have those conversations sure. with your patients prior to surgery. Yeah, we do. Well, I mean, for one thing. You want thing, to talk about that? Yeah, a lot of times folks have no idea what their deductible is. Right. That's probably in surgery the, the most important thing. And we do have access you know, once the patient comes in and gets registered with us, we can 
look online and mm-hmm. see what their deductible is. And we, we work with certain places, you know, like the outpatient surgery center, different radiology groups. So we know what their charges are going to be. Mm-hmm. So people don't walk into the surgery center and, and, and when they say, hey, listen, yep. we, we need $200 here up front. It's not. It's not a surprise. At least right, we, that's right. what we try to do. I got you. And and it, but it has, that that takes two people in my office oh, yeah. to make that happen. Yep. So it's it is it's it's can be a struggle, and I can certainly understand how how people get lost in the uh, yeah. lost in the mix. You know, the next one, Doctor Mark, mm-hmm. is consumerism in healthcare. Informed patient movement is growing, and people becoming what they call health literate. I think in many regards, and it's all about the things that we're talking about right now. It is, and it's yeah. it's we're talking about the minority of people, not the majority of people. That's right. Um, and there's a, a big issue that jumps up here is is folks that are on health care plans that that are government-funded and yep. they, they aren't paying anything. Everything that we've just said means nothing to them. That's they right. Don't, they don't have to ask right. about cost transparency. They don't that's have right. to. Well, that's a problem yep. because if you give something for free – then the client has no value, the value in it. The yeah. value doesn't matter. Right. So that's, right. that's, so right. that's when Good I point. see, yeah. you know, high levels of not no shows. People I mean, every week I've I'm my my students and and friends, mm-hmm. for instance, right. they'll say, you know, how oh how many you have you have like ten cases today. Well, you right. know, only did seven. Right. Oh, what happened? Right. Well, they didn't show up. And so that's a whole that's a whole different that's piece whole of that. Difference, so yeah. I'm hoping that that informed patient movement yep. can go across the board. And they'll understand, you know, what what part of the system they're responsible for and what they get to go to. I like it. Very impressive, Dr. Mark. And, you know, uh, you more than anyone or as any physician can talk about where data has come into healthcare, not only for the patient, but for the physician. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yep. So patient health data is growing exponentially, Mm -hmm. creating benefits and risks to consumers. Absolutely. There's more and more information out there every day. And what we do with it is going to determine whether or not this is useful information. Uh, you know, how, how much we can go through. Are we going to be able to get assistance from artificial intelligence, which AI, we talked about right. in the last that's few right. weeks. Yep, yep. And, you know, that was, we're, we're not going to have uh, time to, to talk about some of the AI stuff today. Right. But just management of that information. Every time a test, and it's never a test. Mm-hmm. We don't ever order a test. It's a it's a battery of tests, and so getting it's the results and yeah. knowing what these results mean and being able to evaluate yeah. them for that individual patient, yeah. you know, the, there is we. I mean, we can we can mention that you know we were going to talk about this uh, earlier that the mm-hmm. that Apple announced it's yeah. gonna it's gonna re- release a uh, blood pressure monitoring feature right. on the and Apple that's Watch. That's about the wearables, right? Yeah. So so that's going to be information. So where yep. does that data go? Who's managing it, and how do we make sure that it's used yep. for the good of, well, good of the patient? Well, you got Apple Watch, you got Fitbit, and you got a yep. number of other remote uh, patient monitoring programs that are already really are wearables. Already up They're and already running. out there, and there's yeah. going to be yeah. there's going to be a lot more because this technology yeah. it's incredible. It's, it's exploded. It is. And it's I mean, it there's going to be more and more stuff that yeah. comes along. Yeah. All right, hit us up with the last yeah, one. The number last five. one is about recognition, and you hear this all over the government programs. Recognition of health inequities mm-hmm. and generating opportunities for change. Right, and and um, this is this and is. You mentioned this earlier, Doctor Mark. Yep. You were you were pretty passionate about the fact that we've got to fix this. Yep, yep. So, and the type of care that you're going to receive it, for the same problem for the same type patient yep. 
can vary tremendously depending on where that care yeah. is delivered. And you probably and see who, that in your Medicaid patients a lot. Sure we do. Yeah. Sure we do. Yeah. And, and and it's it's a it's a huge problem. The I mean I think that 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 this is probably the thing they talk about more in med school now as compared to when I went to med school. This right. is like the top yep. box. Well, it's one of the biggest issues. mandates with CMS and HHS. Well, it has health to be. Inequity. Well, it has to be yeah. because people are going to choose to not get involved with this. Right. People are going to choose to look right. the other right. way. Right. And they don't want to admit that, that where I live or my race or my beliefs yep. should affect my health care. Or my ethnicity. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, yep. And, and, and the whole levels of bias because... Yep. No, no one. No, you're not going to talk to any healthcare provider that says, yeah. "Oh, well, I treat people differently yeah. based on their yeah. color." Right. But the reality is, right. is they don't even know they're treating them differently. Right. That's but right. In, but in but fact, there they also are. has been the social determinants of health have come into play. Oh, sure. Uh, that physicians and and all healthcare providers, we deal with it every day in our own programs, and that has come into play, and I believe is going to have an impact. No, it but won't. again, health. Inequity is yep. a problem in America. Well, social determines health. Yep. Or, that's the number two piece yep. that was never yep. that was not even a term never when I was in med school. Never even heard that term. And now, yep. it, my my daughter who just finished med school, I hear all, all the time, all the, and it's yep. great. It's wow. great. It's, I mean, it's definitely it's, definitely yep. going to make a change. Yep. So I'm glad. You know, that was a great that was a great article. Kind of got to uh, wrap up our day on a on a positive yep. note. That there are there are answers out there. There are things. I mean, the, the only bad news is uh, students. You still have to do your homework. Um, you've exactly. got, to pay, got to pay attention because yep. at the end of the day, it's sort of always been our byline. Right. It's your health. Right. And you need to pay attention on what's going on, not just with your yep. body, mm-hmm. but with the health system that you're a part of. Great conversation today, Dr. Mark. And next week for our Medicare listeners, we're going to be talking about the open enrollment for Medicare beneficiaries. that begins October 15th through December 7th. And we're going to talk all things Medicare. Excellent. Excellent. See you next week, Larry. Nice being with you. Do you feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to TheAnswerOrlando.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.